listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, February the 14th in the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. And so it's appropriate that we take a look at the lessons for the coming seventh Sunday after the Epiphany that kind of have a Valentine's theme. And that is, of course, love. The Holy Gospel is from Luke chapter 6, and verse 27 says, Jesus said, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. What are we talking about here? Well, the Old Testament reading really helps us to understand what that means. It's from Genesis chapter 45, beginning with verse 3. Joseph is now recognized by his brothers. Joseph is kind of head of Egypt under Pharaoh, and he had that dream about there are going to be seven years of really bad harvest. And Pharaoh made him in charge of making sure there would be enough food after seven years of good harvest to take care of the people who would not be able to be farming for seven years. It's at that point that the brothers of Joseph, who threw him in a pit and sold him uh, to those who were going to Egypt. It was at that point that they had come to Egypt, perhaps to get food. They did not recognize Joseph, but finally he said to his brothers, I am Joseph. And immediately he asked, is my father still alive? But verse Seven says clearly, I'm sorry, verse 3, but his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed at his presence. Now, normally when you think about being dismayed at somebody's presence is because you really don't like them, you don't want them around, but that wasn't the reason why they were dismayed. This is Joseph who they threw into a pit, who they sold, told his father he had died. It was terrible what they had done. And now Joseph is really head in Egypt in many ways, and here are the brothers who sold him. Their dismay is real worry that Joseph is going to put them to death, or even worse. Why? Because of what they had done to him. So verse 4 goes on. So Joseph said to his brothers, Come near to me, please. And they came near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God 
sent me before you to preserve life. Does that ever say a lot to us from a biblical point of view? During this epiphany season, we've been talking about how Jesus showed or manifested himself to be God who had become man through his incarnation. And therefore, a lot of people did not believe that. And when Jesus died on the cross, the disciples were dismayed because they were unable to protect Jesus as Peter said they would. And therefore, they were in great grief in the upper room when he appeared to them at the resurrection. And what were the first words that Jesus said to the disciples? Were they, okay, here I come. Thanks a lot for not helping me, for not protecting me. No, the first words Jesus said, peace be with you. That was not expected at all by the disciples. And it wasn't expected at all by the brothers of Joseph. What Joseph is recognizing is that whatever happened to him was in the plan of God. And therefore, the brothers should not be angry because they sold him. For God sent me before you to preserve life. This is really important to understand when we're thinking about the virus that's happened in the United States and throughout the world. People also are dismayed. Some have lost jobs, some have lost property, some have lost friends who died. In fact, what is it? Last week, a million more people came down with a disease. So all these promises from politicians that it would be eradicated have not come. So why is God doing this? Well, you can't believe how many people are seeking out pastors now because they are dismayed. Yes, pastors are not seen by many people as very important, but when they are in great trouble, when they need help, they turn to pastors. And therefore, it's very important, as President Harrison wrote and we talked about last Thursday, that you use law and gospel in order to help those who are in need with this virus and the divisions that are occurring in the church. So, God sent me before you to preserve life. Now, they don't understand what he means. So, Joseph explains it in verse 6 of Genesis 45. For, he says, what has happened is the famine has been in the land about these two years, and there are yet five years in which there will be neither plowing 
nor harvest. See, that's what the dream had told Joseph. And he told, of course, the head of Egypt, Pharaoh. And Pharaoh put him in charge. For the famine has been two years. There's five years to go. Now, verse 7. This is faith. And God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. That's precisely what Jesus also could say. He was sent to earth in order to preserve a remnant for God and also many survivors. From what? from the fires of hell, that those who believed in Jesus Christ became part of God's family here on earth, the Holy Christian Church. And they were kept alive, many, many, many survivors. So verse 9, Joseph, so it was not you, who sent me here, but God. Wow, that's really something. And see, it reminds us of promises in the Bible that all things will work together for our good. And therefore, it doesn't really matter what is happening in your life. If you are a Christian trusting in the promises of the gospel, namely that your sins are forgiven, heaven is your home, God will never desert you, then you have nothing to fear because all these things are happening at the hand of God. Why is he allowing these things? He has a purpose. And many a time when people end up in a situation like this virus, they become very sinful in different ways. They become selfish. They become argumentative. They don't have faith in God anymore because like many Jews who no longer believe in God because of the Holocaust, the death of many Jews at the hands of the Nazis, they feel that God did not help them. And what they needed to realize is for those who are faithful to God, it doesn't matter what happens to you, but God is always helping you, and he is behind everything that happens. So, Joseph is talking to his brothers, and he says, God, he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, 
Now, that was a part of Egypt that later on would have great harvests. It was a wonderful area that the Israelites would be living in. And you shall be near me, you and your children, and your children's children, and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. So the brothers are listening to this, and they're really obviously shocked that not only Joseph is alive, not only that he is Lord of Egypt, but then he says in verse 11, there, that's in Goshen, I will provide for you, for there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. Now, this is what Jesus means. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Remember the brothers did not like Joseph because his father Jacob had made him a coat of many colors. Then he had these dreams that even his father and mother and his brothers would be bowing down before him. Well, they didn't like that talk at all. So when they had the opportunity to sell him into slavery, they did, and then lied to Jacob about his death. So here's Joseph. He is loving his enemies. Love your enemies. What does that mean? Well, it means to forgive. A lot of people have a great trouble in forgiving. And I believe they have great trouble in forgiving because they don't understand what forgive means. If something does bad towards you, if they are evil towards you, like the brothers imprisoning Joseph, selling him to Egypt, they haven't done good towards him. So what do you think is the reaction of someone who has been treated this way? He will turn around and try and do evil towards them. That's why the brothers were not able to talk to Joseph when he revealed himself to be their brother, that he was still alive. So this is loving your enemy. What does that mean? It means that you don't have the right to get even with someone when they hurt you. Forgiveness means that you no longer hold them accountable for what they have done against you. Now notice what the emphasis is. It is you who are no longer holding them accountable. Let me give you an example from my own life. I was driving for a yellow cab when I was at the seminary. And one day, I just dropped off a woman, and it was a neighborhood that wasn't very safe. And all of a sudden, four young men, one put a gun through my car open window, 
Another came around, hit me in the neck, and they stole my money. Now, they didn't shoot me, but they ran away. Now, I could have chased them with the cab, maybe even run them over. And if I had a gun, as they were running away, I could have shot them, which I did not have and did not do. Instead, what did I do? I forgave them and then went to the police to turn them in. Now, you're saying, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. If you forgive somebody, then why did you go to the police? Doesn't that mean that they are no longer held accountable? No, it doesn't. It means that you will no longer hold them accountable. Remember what God says? Vengeance is mine. I will be the one who will repay. And by going to the police then, they were able to be stopped from stealing from other cabbies. Therefore, forgiveness means you don't hold them personally accountable for what they have done to you. You love them and try and help them. And that's by calling the police. If you've seen any of the little short movies and films about the homeless situation, which really isn't homelessness, it's drug addiction, but in certain cities like Chicago, San Francisco, New York, People are putting up tents in the sidewalks, in the city, near other businesses. They're stealing. They're hurting other people. They're violence. They're mentally ill. And, of course, the government is allowing all this to happen out of a wrong sense of compassion. If they really wanted to help them, they would have them arrested and put in a jail and try to be helped with counseling, etc. But instead, you can be selling drugs in Chicago or St. Louis. And if it isn't very much, then they let you go. You're not even under a bond. And therefore, you're right back on the street doing the evil that you had done before. And some of it is even worse. Some people are dying because of these people who are living in tents illegally on the street. But because of the leadership in those communities, the political leadership, they're saying, well, this is a homeless problem. No, it's not. It's a drug addiction problem. And when you're addicted to drugs, You've got to get money somehow, and you do that by stealing from others. So whether or not these leaders are going to change their view, what happens, they begin to change their view when their own neighborhoods are possessed by the homeless. They don't like that at all. I remember, I think it was in San Francisco, where the political leaders are saying to people, if you have a spare room, invite a homeless person 
to live with you in your spare room. They don't understand that these homeless people, many of them are criminals. Many of them are violent. They're, they're not getting the proper justice that they deserve, but instead are being let free and they go out and continue to do crime. So getting back to Joseph, who's following Jesus, where he says, love your enemies. After saying that he will provide for their household so they will not get into poverty, he says in verse 17 of Genesis 45, and now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Now that isn't bragging. Joseph is making the point that he made earlier, that it was God who had planned for him to be sold into slavery and put into jail. So after a time, because of his ability to understand the dream, Pharaoh would be so impressed that he would make him kind of lord over the nation in regard to crops. And what Joseph did was gather together crops for the seven good years so enough would be available for everyone during the bad seven years. So that's why he wants the brothers to tell his father of all my honor in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then it says, he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin also wept. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. This weeping was a weeping of joy, not of being dismayed. And the end of the text says something that really fits with the beginning. In the beginning, when Joseph said, I am Joseph, is my father still alive? The very same verse 3 says, But his brothers could not answer, for they were dismayed at his presence. They were in great fear. Now listen to the last verse, verse 15. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. You see, that's what Jesus means. To love your enemies is to indicate to them a love, and that love is agape. It's found in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Why did he love it? Because he sacrificed himself for it. This is what the epiphany is all about, that Jesus became a human being for the purpose of dying 
for us. And therefore, he loved his enemies. He did good to them. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. What's mercy? Mercy is not giving what a person deserves. All of us deserve actually eternal hell because of our sins. God is merciful and does not give us that. Instead, he is gracious, which means we receive that which we do not deserve, his love, and therefore the forgiveness of sins. Joseph, being a believer in the coming of Jesus Christ, he believed the promises that have been given to Abraham, that through Isaac, guess what? All the lands will be blessed. And that blessing is something that we need to remember and tell others about. Because many are still in the darkness of unbelief. And the way that that unbelief is eliminated is by believing that Jesus is their Savior and that he saved them by dying upon the accursed tree. So this seventh Sunday after the Epiphany, and especially today on Valentine's Day, the Bible verses are quite appropriate in talking about love even to the enemy. And you are enabled to do that by the power of the Holy Spirit, because that Holy Spirit gives you faith to recognize whatever is happening in your life is always in control by God. He doesn't even give you a temptation beyond your power to endure as you turn to Christ for help and provide a way of escape. So we pray that on this seventh Sunday of the Epiphany, after the Epiphany, this will be part of the sermons that people will be hearing about how to love your enemy with Joseph as an example and Jesus as the first fruits of your life. Tomorrow, with Mark Smith, we'll take a look at a hymn. Till then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.